0: hey there podcast listener out there in your messy studio of your very own Uh, i just wanted to remind you to go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the donate button Uh, this show is made possible by listeners like you and every little bit counts. We got a lot of ongoing expenses here for hosting, um, as well as the amount of time that we put into the podcast every week for you. Uh, so we'd really appreciate even just small donations. And in the past, we've shouted out donations for larger amounts, but going forward, we're going to be thanking you directly uh, for even small donations. So if you want to hear a shout out on the show, just go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and donate literally any amount. You can give us one dollar a month. And- And we'll give you a very sincere thank you because those little donations, they add up and they make it possible for us to produce this content for you. In today's episode, Rebecca is interviewing an artist in New Mexico named Betsy Williams about her work and her recently published book. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll.
1: Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio New Mexico edition. I'm talking today with Betsy Williams, who is a ceramic artist and a gallery owner and a neighbor of mine here in New Mexico. And that's where we're podcasting from today. Um, Betsy and her husband, Mark Sachs, own Ripped Gallery in near in the nearby town of Rinconada. And I'm going to give you a very abbreviated bio for Betsy, and we may fill in some things later. But she was born in Georgia. She went to a college in Santa Fe. It was St. John's, right? Um uh, moved to New York City after that, and ended up spending over four years in Japan studying with a master potter. And she now lives here in a remote area bordered by National Forest. Uh, she makes functional clay pieces. They're very beautiful, quiet, simple designs. Um, and she's recently collaborated on a book project with another artist that she met on Instagram. And uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that today. So, welcome, Betsy. Hi, thank you. Um, And I, I said another artist that you met on Instagram. She's yes. actually a writer. Is she also a visual artist, or?
2: Oh, yes. Um, okay. Joanna uh, McPherson, and she has, uh, her Instagram uh, is Blue Bear Vending Co. C-O. Okay.
1: So, Joanna McPherson. Yes, And my partner. she's a visual artist as well as a writer. Yes, she yes. is.
2: She does uh, all kinds of things. Clay.
1: Uh, painting, poetry. Um. Wow and we'll we'll put both websites uh, up when we uh, you know we always have some notes with the podcast so yeah. Yes. Um, so I gave a very quick rundown of your life but is there anything you want to elaborate on a little bit there or say where sort of turning points for you how you ended up here doing what you do? Uh, that would be
2: a two-hour podcast, but... Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, no, you mentioned I moved to New York City. I worked in a Japanese-owned bank.
1: A bank? So you're doing some pretty left-brain stuff there. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Um, and I was a money trader. I was uh, for this small Japanese bank, and it was uh, my co-workers mm. who introduced me to ceramics.
1: Uh-huh. And you... You saw Japanese uh ceramics in New York, is that right? I did, yes. And so that was that the first time you thought of um making them making ceramics yourself? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And somehow from there you made this giant leap of going to Japan. I did, yes. Um how did that happen?
2: Uh w- while I was working at the bank, I I began to um take part in a small uh mostly Japanese run and member studio, pottery studio.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I would go there in my spare time, and um, little by little, an idea formed in my mind of what a life might be like of making pots.
1: And how, how old were you at this time when I you was, did that?
2: I uh, was probably 27, 28.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Good time of life to discover what you want to do. Yes, because you yes. had a lot of you had it all open up for you after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I certainly sense a lot of um, of Japanese influence in your work. So mm-hmm. that kind of beautiful uh, simplicity, um, not not colorful, it's monochromatic work, Usually, yeah. basically, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's a very quiet sensibility to it. hmm
2: I guess that's a lot of what attracted me about, yeah. about Japanese ceramics was that that aesthetic.
1: Um and so what made you come to New Mexico? So as you
2: mentioned in your intro, I had attended Saint John's College in yes. Santa Fe. Um so I was in New Mexico for four years as you know, when I was in my uh early twenties. Yeah. Um, it pulls you back, doesn't it? It does. And uh, Georgia didn't seem uh, like a uh, the right place for me to set up a studio. Um, New York didn't seem like the right place. California, I'd lived in California, that didn't seem like the right place. New Mexico, this area in particular, uh, I could imagine myself being here and yeah. being myself. So.
1: So, and you managed to find some property here?
2: Yes, when I came back from Japan, I uh everything that I owned fit in the back of my vehicle. Uh-huh. And I drove out here from Georgia and uh would chart my route on a map every day and I drove all over the state trying to Oh, wow. trying to imagine, you know, what it would be like to live in places that I'd see.
1: Yeah, and uh, finally happened upon
2: where I am now.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, and this, uh, and I know you don't live right in Dixon, but Dixon's a wonderful community, and it's mm-hmm. you know this is a place to be. To, I mean, we love it here, and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. There's a lot of artists here, mm-hmm. and so now and then you met Mark, and you have right. this really nice gallery.
2: Thank you. I yeah. mean,
1: it's just. Everything in it, it's displayed so simply and beautifully and, and marked as this wonderful stone sculpture. So um, so I guess I want to spend most of the time talking about your book and um, the title of your book, and we'll put this online as well, but The 72 Tiny Plates and Haiku Micro-Seasons. <laughs> So there's a lot in that title. Yes. <laughs> and um, micro-seasons is a concept that the book is based on. That's right. And this is, um, it's a ancient Japanese tradition, I guess, of dividing the year, not into uh, the weeks and months as we have them now, but... They do that, too. <laughs> they do that, too. Okay. But in this ancient tradition, it was every, more or less every five days. Mm-hmm. Um, a change. Yes. And these changes are things in nature for the most part. I know there's a few that have to do with agriculture. And it comes out of this rural tradition. How old? How long ago was this? No one related? knows exactly.
2: Uh, it's thought to have originated actually in China and then to have been picked I up see. in Japan. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And it has to do with very close observations of what's happening with the plants, what's happening with the birds, with the mm-hmm. weather. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this really interesting concept of paying very close attention to what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. And something I think a lot of us um, don't do. Right. (laughs) You know, we're just like, oh, there's nature out there. That's nice, you know. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so over time, these observations evolved into, obviously, they aren't going to happen at the same time every year on this particular date. But it shows the cycle. And one of the things I enjoyed doing was with the book was simply reading through the names of these micro-seasons, one after the other, and the year unfolds as you do that. It's like time-lapse. Mm-hmm. Um, because each page in the book has the name of the micro-season, um, your, a picture of one of your tiny plates, which we'll talk about,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, a haiku by Joanna. Yes. And so you can, if if the day you're in at that moment happens to fall in one of these days, you can look it up and say, oh, today is the day of the whatever. So, <laughs> yes. um, so and we'll give a few examples of these as we go along. Um, but I guess I'd like to start out by how this whole thing got going with Instagram. And, um, I, you know, we, a lot of us have mixed feelings about social media and as artists, I mean, I know there are some wonderful things that can happen when you engage with Instagram um, or Facebook. And so why don't you talk a little bit about how that got going Okay. For you and Joanna?
2: Okay. Um, so I don't remember exactly how we met on Instagram, to, to be honest. Um, I think I started uh, posting on Instagram in about 2015, maybe. Um, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. And, you know, you find people with similar interests. That's what I love about yes. Instagram. Um, so, Joanne and I somehow found each other. Uh, we we both post f- frequently. Um, and uh, so, early on, a lot of what I would post, because it's very easy to photograph, are Pictures of my tiny plates.
1: Yes. Um, and these are, these are truly tiny plates.
2: <laughs> four and a quarter inches. And they're, in they're reproduced in
1: their actual size yes. in the book. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so.
2: Yes. Um, so I would post a picture of a tiny plate that I had just decorated. Um, and often Joanna would comment on it. And sometimes her comments would take the form of a haiku. hmm um, which was just fun uh, for, for felt us really, and for everybody.
1: It must have felt so good to see you're putting something up there and somebody's responding with a haiku. Yeah, you And not just to, like a little heart or like, exactly. which is nice too, but yeah. Yes.
2: No, you begin to connect and you She's begin She's really
1: to responding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So
2: you get to know... Uh, it's probably been your experience as well on Instagram. I have a few people that I consider my best friends on Instagram. Uh, um, and, uh, we support each other, usually comment on each other's yeah. posts and, uh, just feel like that we may never meet, but our lives are somehow in sync with one another. And yeah. that's a, a and we, wonderful we, feeling. We-
1: we should say here: you and Joanna have never met in person. We've never met. We've never talked on the phone. Never talked on the phone. Really? <laughs> but you email and stuff now. We've emailed. We've sent. Well, obviously messages. to create yes. a project like Absolutely. This. you couldn't yes. do that on Instagram alone. So, right. Um, so you you made this connection, and she's writing haikus about your work. Mm-hmm. And at some point, though, you're also making a work in response to her haikus.
2: So, yes, uh, somewhere along the way, uh, Joanna was the one who introduced the concept to me of the micro-seasons.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and uh, I think it was in private messaging uh, that we uh, decided upon this plan of uh, for the next year, which at that time, uh, it starts typically in February, um, that we would we would make a concerted effort to collaborate with one another, which took the form of she would send me that month's haiku. Uh-huh. And I would, uh, on the appropriate day, as close as I could get to the to the right day, um, given, you know, that we both have other things going oh, yes. on, uh, that I would post a tiny plate in response to that micro-season in haiku. So uh-huh. we began doing that, and we it's- did it
1: faithfully for the year. So these were all originally Instagram posts in real time, more they or less. They started
2: out as, in, everything in the book was uh, originally on Instagram. Oh, except, I see. Uh, for the book, there were as you know, it's inevitable. There are a few tiny plates that I wasn't quite happy with. Yes. <laughs> so so I, I changed those. And right. I think Joanna also changed so there was, a couple of her haikus. So we went back and tried to refine it for yeah, the
1: book. You tweaked it a little bit so yes. it would be what you wanted. Yes. Yeah.
2: But but in other words, for every five days for that entire year, we posted on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I and didn't I realize posted,
1: it actually had happened on Instagram. It,
2: it had. And I posted in such a way that in between the one micro season in the next. I would post two other photos of my own, uh-huh. so that all of my Instagram micro season posts line up on the feed. Oh, you know, clever! <laughs> um, not
1: not that That's clever. That's a real. That is a huge commitment, though, to to, to be commitment. that organized. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so then it culminated in this lovely book, which is a again we'll post links and photos and and so on on our Facebook page. Uh, for the Messy Studio, but it's a it's a small square book. What is it, like eight inches square? Seven. Seven inches square. Mm-hmm. And um, as I mentioned before, on each facing page, there's a picture of one of your plates and one of the haikus, mm-hmm. and then the um, also the note about which micro-season um, we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, there's a lot of practical stuff in making a book. Yes. And how did you work through all that? Because this is was a new thing for each of you, right? Or had she done a book Julia
2: before? Joanna has some graphic design know-how. Um, we uh, worked very well together. I think we both pay, perhaps over, overly pay attention to detail. Um, overly may not be the right way of saying it, but we're both very detail-oriented. Yeah.
1: But that's important in making it's a very book important. that's successful. So
2: we both had, we brought some ideas to the table. And then we worked with Jeff Spicer of Spicer Digital right here oh, in right. Dixon. Oh, right. I know who he is. Yeah. Who uh, has always done our uh, gallery website and publicity, mm-hmm. my own personal website. I've worked oh. with him for 20 years. So, really? So Joanna and I had some ideas about, uh, for example, the bar in the, corner yes with the color right uh that was something that evolved after you know a few weeks of i would say oh well what if we put in the number of the micro season and oh what if we put in the, yeah. you know so we did it like that joanna designed this color wheel that's on the it's beautiful cover yeah and then uh we had this idea jeff asked if i would send him a photo of a blank tiny plate, Uh so he superimposed Joanna's color wheel on the tiny plate. He came up with the background and also formatted all of the photos so that they looked consistent, they're positioned consistently, and they're uh, on a consistent background, because I had not done that on Instagram. I had just snapped a photo and popped it up on yes. Instagram, and I was good to go. But when you're making a book, that yes. if you put them all together, it looks sloppy. So
1: There's so many little details. Yes. And, you know, um, when Jerry and I published our book, it was incredible um, how many tiny little tweaks there were yes. with typeface and um, formatting and so many things. Yes. Um, that uh you know he really ended up doing so much of that, and he did a great job, and we had an editor and a graphic designer as well mm-hmm. but it it's such a big project, I think uh at the same time, it's doable. You guys did this, Yes. and how long did it take to actually make the book
2: uh we We had the idea to do do the book, and then some months would go by, and we sort of uh exchange a few thoughts about it, mm-hmm. um. So it was incubating kind of for It was incubating, good word. And then uh, sometime in the late summer, I believe, of 2019, we actually sort of hunkered down and uh, began editing. And Joanna went back and made sure the punctuation in her haiku was the way she wanted it. And Mm -hmm. I began to cull my uh, selection of tiny plates so that the ones that didn't seem quite up to snuff, um, I redid and re-photographed, that's, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and then we, uh, sent the files to Jeff, and, and he, uh, got involved in doing his magic, um, and, uh, and then once all that's done, you know, uh, we printed it our, you know, sent it off to the printer ourselves. And, and
1: what printer, um, how did you find the printer, and what, what was that process like? Uh,
2: that we, uh asked Jeff to get some estimates for us, and he mm-hmm. used a company
1: called Book Baby.
2: Um, they did, I think they did a beautiful job with the paper quality.
1: Yeah, it's a um, very classy little book. Um, and it it sounds like Jeff, like having that third person to do some of the technical stuff is was important. So he's really part of this collaboration I as well. I think so, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of, I just wanted to spend a little bit of this time about this process because uh this making a book is something i know artists think about and it often seems like an overwhelming project mm-hmm. um and you did not do this print on demand you you actually no. ran a, did a print run yes and that is higher quality printing i think people think about print on demand which is very available and easy mm-hmm. but taking this next step to make sure that this is really a quality product uh, is it's a leap mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you had to invest some money mm-hmm. um, and but it's, it's doing well I understand You're, these things are very your books are beautiful to own or give someone um, and it's it's just uh, it's another aspect of creativity that you can uh, expand. And this collaboration idea is so interesting.
2: I think in some ways the collaboration, uh, so I can imagine if this uh, had been something that I was hoping to do on my own, it's easy to say, oh, it's too much, I can't do it, it's yes. too expensive, but uh, Joanna was counting on me and I was counting on yes. her, so you don't want to let one another down. Um, and so in that sense, uh Yes, collaborating with someone you've never met, it sounds scary, but in reality, I think we both uh, supported and sort of bolstered one another. Yeah,
1: and I, that, I think that's a really good point to think about, you know, if you're listening to this and maybe have an idea for a book, who could you collaborate with to make this work for you? Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right, you, you're res- you responsible to each other.
2: Responsible to each other, we shared expenses, we,
1: you know, ran everything
2: one another. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, uh, someone whose opinion you respect putting in their uh, suggestions.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, and you, I think in this sort of collaboration too, you have to be honest uh-huh. and you have to be okay with somebody saying, you know, I don't think that works so well. Yes, <laughs> we did
2: plenty of that and then there were other things where someone had a strong opinion about this or that and if the other person doesn't have a strong opinion, they let that person sway yes. um there yes. was uh, there was a you know enough of that too to it just seemed easy um, it's
1: a, it's a complicated relationship it but is. it could be so rewarding yes i mean i hope you do meet someday <laughs> it would I, be I hope amazing so <laughs> um and and maybe <laughs> you know this will who knows lead to something else because i think it is also rare and wonderful to find that person that you can do that with
2: isn't it so i think in you know, a lot of us have a love hate relationship with social media, with Instagram in particular. Um, but the love part of that is uh the people that you meet that you form a real bond and community with. Um, that's a beautiful
1: thing. It is, and it's totally of our age and our time and uh to reject that out of hand is you know, you're cutting off. We can't some things do it. Off. Our hands are
2: tied in a way, so mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that aspect of it. Um,
1: uh, yeah. So, and let's talk a little bit more about the ideas in the book, which are very interesting. Um, so the, what struck me, one thing that struck me about your work was they're circular. Yes. And we're talking about A cycle of seasons. Yes. And so it was an, you know, I, I talked to my students a lot about form and content and that alignment. Mm -hmm. So here we have this alignment Mm -hmm. of the circular shape and the circular um, pattern of the seasons. Mm -hmm. And so that seemed really to work well.
2: I think so. And was it
1: always going to be the plates? That's, that's how you started talking to each other. It just,
2: yeah. that, That, as I said, a lot of times that is what I post on Instagram because I make a lot of tiny plates. They're very easy to photograph. Yeah. Um, uh, visually, it it uh, is uh, something that uh, conveys
1: well. Yeah. Um, and so composing within that circle, mm-hmm. um, what kind of challenges do you run into with that? Anything come to mind? Or I mean, I notice some of them are very pattern like, Mm -hmm. and some have particular images. Mm -hmm. Um, So would something, I guess, well, maybe I'm getting to a deeper question. So you're responding to a haiku, and what sort of things would go through your mind in response to that haiku? Uh, So
2: usually I'd read the haiku and then just go about my day. Um, Sometimes immediately I would know uh, I would just see the image that I wanted to paint.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, sometimes I would think, "Oh no, how am I going to do
1: this?" <laughs> right. But, um, some of them are quite. Uh, some of them do have definite images. The haiku, uh-huh. and some are, uh-huh. yeah, not as specific. Uh huh. And so the good thing is,
2: uh, I would make sure I had a a, a stack of tiny plates at all times. Uh-huh. You can't be making the plate and putting the slip on it and decorating it right. in a short time frame. So I had to have a... Your a, surface was ready. My surface was ready. And then you try a few things and the one that works is the one that gets posted, right? I see. Um,
1: there's no, no law that says you have to post the per- first thing that you painted. So <laughs> well, and that's goodness. a good point. I mean, th- this is a difficult project and I think anytime you take on something challenging you, you're going to Play around. You're going yes. to have some that don't work as well, and and, that's and as you said, sometimes it. it took actually doing another one for the book because oh, yeah. you still weren't happy with right, it. Right, so. right. And yeah.
2: as I said, sometimes even after I'd posted it on Instagram, there were a few that I went back and replaced in the mm-hmm. book because they just yeah. every time I'd see them, I'd get this little twist in my <laughs> stomach. So. So those
1: um yeah and once once it's in the book you have to kind of like okay it's good let it go. Yeah, it's a different yeah. kind of finality to it, it is. It's very final to have something published like that. Um so I'm going to I'm going to just uh talk a little bit about some of the actual ones that struck me as some of my favorites okay. that are in the book. Good. And this one is uh for February 24th. So this would be near the beginning of the seasonal cycle. And the number five, number five. Okay. And the, the uh, name of the micro season is trails of mist appear. <laughs> and I think this one has such a lovely sort of amorphous aspect to it. So yes, it would be hard to come up with something that you could do on the plate. And there's just these lovely calligraphic lines across the plate. Very simple. Um, and the haiku is hazy trails hover. I could easily get lost following their lure, and it's just the whole um, the whole combination is very kind of um, mystical to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another one um, that I really liked. It's for March 31st, the 12th um, season, and the name of the season is Thunder Raises Its Voice. <laughs> And the entire tiny plate is covered with these very energetic uh, patterns of lines crisscrossing and overlapping, and it's a very energetic plate, a complete opposite to the mist. (laughs) You know, it's just wild. And the haiku, and this um, includes the name of the Japanese thunder god, Reijin. Reijin. Okay. Under heavy clouds, I hear... I heard Reijin speak to me, and it made me jump. <laughs> There's this jagged kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just uh, maybe point out one more here. This is the 41st micro-season in August 20, 28th. Um, and the name of the micro-season is The Sky and Earth Cool. So this is late summer. Um, and I love the haiku for this one. A shift in the air as I took my morning walk, I heard the earth sigh. It was just kind of a settling into the next season, maybe, and Mm -hmm. a beautiful image um, on the plate of a tree kind of bending. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess I'll just do one more, and then I'm going to ask you if you have any favorites. So um, September 23rd, the 46th micro season of the year, thunder dies down. And the haiku for this one is, Two ancient brothers, whilst one is gathering strength, the other subsides. And this kind of feeling of this overlapping of the beautiful thunder. And again, a very abstracted image of just um, simple lines across the plate. Do you have any particular favorites that you want to talk about? I don't think of it that way. As I don't think of it a as favorite. favorites. Each okay, one so is
2: slowing. <laughs> mm-hmm, each one kind of brings something of its own. So, so sometimes, even in the ones you chose just now, I'm I can consider that I'm. If if the, there's such a thing as painting a feeling, yes, um, and then others, you know, I'm painting an actual thing, yes. Um, so I'd say. Uh, I feel most connected to the ones where I'm painting the feeling. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not that I have a favorite.
1: Yeah. But, you know? Well, you and I guess being so immersed in the entire process, each one would be very special. Mm-hmm. And the culmination of a lot of thought and work. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, there is a beautiful flow, as I mentioned in the beginning, just reading the names of the microseasons one mm-hmm. by one. Mm-hmm. You get this feeling of the earth flowering and unfolding and dying mm-hmm. back and the rain and the weather. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting observation that you don't really have a favorite because it, it says to me, it's like you're sensitive to, to everything that's going on and what and responding to what she wrote. And she's very sensitive to all of this as well.
2: It's really about paying attention, uh, paying attention. Uh, I think both she and I, uh, interestingly enough, both she and I are keeping our own
1: micro-season diaries. That's what I was going to ask you about, yeah.
2: I have trouble keeping up with mine, so it's taken me uh, a year and a half to get like six months of micro-seasons actually recorded, (laughs) because time will go by and I forget to write something down. Yeah. Eventually, I'll have my New Mexico micro-seasons yes. compiled. Um, and I try to follow the example of uh, uh, subject and object, what exactly is being observed. You know, uh-huh. it's not about what's happening in my life, right? right? It's, it's about what's The outside world. Um, that, that is prevalent in the, in the area. Um, and I think that's a, an, an amazing... Uh, approach. It's kind we, of a as you said in the introduction, we talk a lot about nature, but um, what Japanese culture has been so um, masterful at is breaking things up into smaller parts and details. And, ah, yeah, and, and that's isn't that where n- meaning is, you know, in those
1: yes, those uh, those particulars, the particulars, so, and. I, you know, whenever we talk about writing or painting or anything, we're trying to get to what is, what is particular, what is unique in this moment, what is my unique take on it, um, what is striking me about it, and it's a very good practice. It seems like to uh, to do that. We uh, just last week did a podcast about walking. I listened to it. <laughs> yeah, and so how when you're walking and you're moving slowly through space, you're really looking at things. Mm-hmm. And this kind of slowing down in the world where so many things are thrown at us every day is really important, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you're carrying it forward, and she is too. Is she doing visual images or haiku, or how is she doing She's it?
2: She's doing haiku and some visual images, I think, in a notebook.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that that was part of what I loved about the book. One of my favorite aspects of the book is thinking that anybody who reads the book um, could begin to keep their own versions. Yes. It's interactive.
1: Um, it really is. And I mean, it, that occurred to me when I was reading it because I thought, well, these are all very lovely, but this is Japan, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're in a totally different mm-hmm. environment here. Mm-hmm. And what would it be like to closely observe what's what's right around you uh-huh. all the time? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, one of my questions was going to be, was this a Springford Springboard for new ideas, and obviously it is. Oh you're yeah. You're carrying it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also was curious about the actual plates themselves. Did they just get in with the rest of the things you're selling at the gallery, or have they been preserved in some way?
2: Oh, the the actual tiny plates yeah. that are in the book. Yeah. I have them. Good. And I've got a few proposals out here and there um, to uh, do a show yes with the tiny plates on the wall um which could take a couple of i can imagine a couple of different forms one is the tiny plates in a square yes so uh seventy 72 that's easy to yeah figure out right um nine rows of eight or you know something right. like that 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 works quite well i've laid it out on the floor uh-huh. it it makes a square about uh it could be about five feet by five feet or or bigger, depending on the space between the tiny plates.
1: Yeah, that sounds beautiful.
2: Or there's also a a particular gallery I have in mind uh, where the the tiny plates could could simply be in a horizontal band all around the room.
1: Uh Um, I think both of those would work. Um, Yeah, I kind of like the idea that because it's about the circular time, Uh that if you were to walk around a room on all four walls Mm -hmm. and see the progression, that would... Kind of bringing in that aspect of time and each could have its tiny plate uh, with it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I, I would love to see people move around the room. Yes. Um, like as if they're the the sun in the sky. Yes,
1: I love that. Um, Yeah.
2: So we'll we'll see what happens. And as you mentioned, I'm I'm actually sold out of the book. So where I think uh, Joanna and I will consult about. Oh, that's, that's wonderful.
1: Mix. And, and like, I remember the feeling when we ordered our first run of books and uh-huh. how are we ever going to sell these? Terrifying. No, and then, then you look back and you say, well, you know, that, that sparked something in somebody uh-huh. and a lot of people. Uh-huh. And so now people are waiting for your second printing, right? <laughs> so, um, and this, if, when are you expecting to get that printing? Do you know? I don't know
2: exactly. Uh, so, uh, right now, uh, a couple of people who bought a copy of the book, uh, they've suggested that I contact someone who knows someone who's in publishing. And, and so I'm letting those feelers kind of do their yeah. thing right now Yeah. to see, uh, would a publisher pick it up? Uh-huh. And, and if so, what would that entail? What
1: yes, would, that could be the next step. Um. So yeah. I just don't know.
2: I don't know enough about it. I've never yeah. been... Uh, you know never done this before such a learning curve it's a learning but curve but it's exciting so
1: isn't it it you is know, it's, it's like exciting. another world opening up and i you know again if you're listening to this and you think maybe there's a book in me a visual book or a book combined with writing or something um it is absolutely possible and doable it's and we difficult. have a lot of technology now that enables this to happen and so it's a very interesting the big picture of what you've done, it's a collaboration. It's learning something about the publishing business, and you're just kind of dipping in right now, but it's probably going to really unfold for you. And um, and then the, the whole conceptual idea of it is very beautiful. So um, do you have anything else you want to add before we close? Or um, I can't
2: really think of anything that's Um, okay i think you've asked some good questions so well i I just wish everybody could actually see the book it's hard to talk about
1: it it is very hard and this is the problem we always run into with art podcasts it's (laughs) like we're talking about something visual Uh but um we will put uh your info and then at some point and and i'll take some photos of the book and i'll photograph some pages so people can see when they go to the go to our uh, facebook page what it looks like. And then eventually, um, it will be back in print, and people can order it. I certainly hope
2: so. Um, one thing that's been uh, the most uh, rewarding aspect for me, yes, is that uh, so we did a, uh, an option for pre-order before yes. we bought the book, just to get a little bit of a sense: was this gonna was this gonna fly, yeah. or what? What were we were we biting off more than we could chew? Yeah. So we took pre orders and then uh once the book actually was available in the gallery, uh I can't even count the number of times somebody came in and bought one and then came back two or three later two or three days later
1: and said, Could could I get uh three more of those? Right.
2: For, um and for so gifts that for me was the best Oh yeah, uh
1: feeling. And they've had time to spend time with it and say, This is Something I want to give people or... That so they think of somebody who... Really, yes. Yeah. Yeah, And yeah. I think it for anybody who has that sensitivity to nature, mm-hmm. um, an interest in a sort of meditative observation of nature, this is a beautiful book. So thank you so much, Betsy, for coming on The Messy Studio. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccakroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it thanks for listening we'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment in the meantime embrace your creative space messy or otherwise
1: thanks everybody